Hi, everybody. This is the Eyes Free Fitness Podcast number 15. Today, we're going to talk with one of my newest favorite people. She is a holistic practitioner, a energy worker. She is a body worker, a DJ, a podcaster, a blogger. She is a fascinating person to have a conversation with and we can talk and talk and talk. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce her, but first I just want to tell you really quickly that we will have the usual fitness speak and feedback files after our conversation with Debbie Hazelton. So let's get started. How are you, Debbie? Hey, Mel, great to be here. I'm I'm doing really well and how are you? I'm doing I'm doing fabulous. This is really fun. I've uh, really enjoyed talking with you about what we're going to talk about today and just having a new friend. It's been um it's been really good to to get to know you and I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today. So yeah, because I didn't know what this business was you were working on, and I just knew from the emails, like, wow, what a neat person, and here we are. <laughs> and here we are. So you have created a workshop about words and what they mean to us and the power of words and how we use them to create our own reality, and I want us to talk about that today and what words mean to us in relationship to our body. Yeah, I think it's real important. Actually, I've been working with words. Oh, now my dog's decided to move around. (laughs) Mine will too. For many years. And um, I mean, you know, speech is a major platform for us, particularly for those of us who are blind. I mean, words are our main way of, a main way of being in the world. It's a way of, it's sort of like if you have a, a panel in front of you and you can push buttons for what you want or what you are going to do, our words are that way. We have a huge amount of, amount of command with our words. And our body is a vehicle for our expression and our experience. And I think that for those of us who don't see, I think being in a body is some of the hardest, most challenging, and at the same time, most exciting and at times most liberating kind of experience we can have. But I think it is not just that we don't see. I think because we don't see the words that we use and the words that we hear and all kinds of things about being in a body are just are just huge and really do deserve attention uh, by us so that we do take charge of Ab- absolutely they the words are so powerful and so give us some examples of what what it is that you're talking about in terms of how words are reflected by our bodies? Well, for one thing, I heard it recently that if you put an S on the beginning of the word word, you get sword. 
<laughs> and, uh, you know, the old phrase, sticks and stones can break my bones, but uh, words will never hurt me. Well, I think words really do hurt us. And if we hear 20 good things, wonderful things in a day, and then we hear something that stings and that doesn't feel good, that thing is going to repeat. And the things that we repeat in our own heads especially the way we talk to ourselves or we repeat in our minds the things that we've heard said to us, those things reenact all kinds of body, body responses again and again. We get lots of adrenaline. Our bodies go into hyperdrive. Our immune systems work overtime because they're ready for us to defend. And so... You know, I mean, if, if you've listened to the way people often talk to themselves, they can't quite get their words out and they'll say, oh, I'm brain dead today. Oh, gosh. Yes. Oh, I hate that. I It's just or they'll say, um, oh, man, I'm so stupid. And um, and then everything is a pain in the neck or a pain in the butt. And I think, wow, isn't it interesting? We have so much neck pain and so much um, colitis and people with Crohn's disease and irritable bowel syndrome. Well, I think a lot of it is what we say to ourselves. The, the one right before we started this, when you and I were talking before we started, I said, I can't stand it. And I caught myself in that instant. And that's that's one of the things that... I hear and I I catch myself and I think it's really important that we're aware when we do it so that we can stop it. And some of the things that that my my father used to say was it's one headache after another. And he had headaches every single day of his life almost. Oh yeah, and when people say, "Oh man, that is a pain in the and you know, whichever word they say, I'll say, is it really? Wow, I didn't know it would hurt there. And they'll go, oh, I didn't mean it like that. Or <laughs> when you say, what a pain, what a pain. Or, oh, that really bugs me. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. What about, what about the one, um, oh, it just kills me. Yeah. Or, or I hear my sister used to say all the time, it just makes me sick when I hear that. And I was just going, oh, stop, just stop. Well, and even I'm tired. You know, how about I need to rest? I need to, I'm going to rest for a while. I choose. I would rather even use I choose or I welcome the opportunity to rest rather than even, you know, I mean, because there's a lot, there are a lot of people who have a lot of want, 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 and wish, wish, wish. And it's almost like begging. And when we do that, we really push the thing that we say we want, we push it away. You know, I like um, Joe Vitale talked about um, gratitude and said that he, one day he was homeless and he got very excited about a pencil. He got very grateful to have that pencil and brought him out of those difficult situations. And I think many times... We do ourselves a disservice. I've even 
found many times when I'll say something really good to a person, really nice about, well, you know, I bet there will be something really positive around the corner. Or I'll suggest something and they'll go right back and grab the negatives and repeat over and over again the, the thing they're upset about. And that replays in the body over and over again. It's also a good way of driving people away after a while, but it really replays, gets the adrenaline going. It gets the dis-ease, you know, the word disease. Mm -hmm. It's really dis-ease. Right. Yep, that's right. There, so often I, I hear people saying things like this, and I, I don't want to constantly be at them, you know, and correcting them and changing, you know, their word patterns. So I, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a nudge. And so I keep my mouth shut a lot of the time when, you know, it's. Sometimes I'll just repeat it. I'll just say, um, it kills you. Does it really? <laughs> um, sometimes I'll just, I won't nudge them. I won't try to change them, but I will just make it a point to say it in my way for me. And, you know, the one argument that I, I have been very strong about, people will sometimes say, well, you know, we've just taken that whole political correctness way too far. And, uh, you know, people are, they don't know what to say. And, you know, they can't say the right thing. So that means, Nobody has to work on it at all. It's okay to just say, oh, those stupid fat people and those, you know, it's okay to just uh, put down developmentally delayed people and call them retards. And, and I'll say, well, that's interesting. There was a, a sighted woman one day who said it, and I said, so your husband is blind. Do you want him to just be the, you know, uh, the blind or the blink, or do you want him to be a man who happens to be blind? You know, um, I think words are so important in outpicturing what we want. It's like if we're going to invite company over, usually we straighten up our houses and we <laughs> put forth something positive in order for them to have a nice environment in which to be. And we do that with our appearance. Usually if we're going out somewhere, I think it behooves us to do it with our words. I think we are what we eat and we are what we think about and we are what we say. Absolutely. That it's funny how many people call people by the names of body parts. Oh, gosh, yes. Talk about that. Well, you know, I mean, it's interesting. It says to me that we don't collectively really think much about our bodies. We don't like our body parts. So, you know, people will call people, you know, oh, he's an asshole mm -hmm. or they'll use the f word they'll say f you to people they don't like when that f word is also used to talk about a very the most intimate act you know i mean i think there are other words to talk about that act but that word also is used to talk about that and people will will refer to oh you know what a dick or they'll refer, you know, what a C for C-U-N-T. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't even say that word. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, it's really, and I think, well, isn't that interesting that we would say those words to people that we don't like? So what do we, what are we really saying that we feel about our own bodies if we, if we do that? I know. 
I know. It's interesting. It, it's it's fascinating to me, and um, I'm sure you probably n- know this, but I'm going to say it in case people don't know it, that F-U-C-K is fornication under credence of the king is where that came from. And so it it meant that during wartime, it was okay to have sexual relationships outside of your marriage relationship because you were at war. Oh, that's funny. I never did know that. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? That is great. And the another one I like to use, people talk about, I, I've done, you know, you too, years of massage therapy. Right. People would say, oh, my shoulders. And I would say, oh, the shooters. And they go, what? <laughs> the shooters. Yeah, the shooters. <laughs> The bulk of the world's shoulder is should. That is amazing to me. I read that in um, the wellness workbook years ago. Regina Ryan had said that. And I just thought that was brilliant. It really is. And where do people have the most pain? It's the shoulders. It's the shooters. And there's a great David Roth song, Don't Shoot On Me and I Won't Shoot On You. (laughs) I love that. Oh, it's so funny. Have you ever heard it? I don't think I've heard that one. To get it to you. It's just hysterical. I've played it on the air. It's very funny, very funny. And he says, you know, I know it's a real shitty job, but, you know, someone had to point this out. And, you know, it's just so funny. Maybe you can get the uh, the link to me and we can put it in uh, the show notes. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess. I don't know what link, but. Um, I'll figure it out. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's really, really funny. It's a great song. And, you know, I think if we if we use positive words, it's like people changing the color of a room and changing the wallpaper and all that kind of stuff. We can feel better. You know, we can actually feel better when we change. We can't change everybody else's words. I One day um, I was on a train and Larry Turnbull was with me. And uh, we actually were on a bus uh, that was part of Amtrak and the driver was overly helpful but very nice friendly but like so enthusiastic and then all of a sudden somebody got on who happened to be in a wheelchair and he was the driver was like oh my god I didn't I didn't know we were gonna have this person in the wheelchair I'm so sorry I'm gonna have to move you guys and oh he just kept talking on and on about that person in the wheelchair and I kept thinking that poor person must be feeling uh, as John Bradshaw would say, they must be feeling embarrassed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so when we got to our destination, the driver said, well, I'm going to let the regular people get off first. And I <laughs> oh, God. I turned to Larry and I said, did you know you were irregular? <laughs> <laughs> funny but you know thank god there's humor thank goodness well well, you have to laugh and i think that's another part of reframing we can choose how we're going to react to something like that and i like that you said choose because it reminded me of something else how many people do you know who it's i can't i can't i can't about so many things yeah i can't instead you know well, maybe I don't want to, and or, well, maybe I haven't been able to, but I can always try, or 
And I actually don't really like the word try. I'm I like, don't either. I was thinking the exact same thing because if you're trying, it's you're not you're not, you're not doing it. <laughs> you know, I'll say to people, uh, pick try and pick up that piece of paper. Now, if you picked it up, then you weren't just trying; you were doing. And if you're only trying, then you you can't pick it up. Yeah, it's just interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And the reframing piece is important. That. You know, we learn how to use different words, and we learn how to to see the humor in it. It's a skill that we can learn. Oh, sure, it is. And I think it comes from within, and it comes from a place of of feeling better about ourselves. And, um, you know, sometimes I, I notice there are a lot of people who argue for their limitations, and they just, and it's, and I call it a thimble um, thimble mentality. Some people are afraid to let in the good and let out the good, you know, so they just deal with a little amount of, of either. And that's their, that's their quota. That's it. And so I don't think, you know, I don't think, um, I can, you know, pull them to change or push them to change, but I can certainly invite it. And, and model it. Yes, yes. Um, to the best of our ability. And, and, you know, I'm not perfect at it, but, you know, I'm, I can reframe pretty quickly now. And some people say, well, you know, you're, you're a Pollyanna. And I'm going, no, I'm, I'm not. I used to be a negative person. And I changed. And that doesn't mean that we don't go through stuff. And that's for sure. You know, I really think that's a misnomer. People have thought that of me, too, and, you know, thought that I was Mary Poppins and (laughs) I'm human. And it's sort of like, well, guess what? She's just as human as anyone else. And I'm thinking, well, I never said that I wasn't. Uh, But I think one difference is I don't choose to air my stuff everywhere. And what I think a lot of people don't realize is that if, you know, if we talk about like, we talk about pollution in the environment. And I think if, if a person is going around and constantly bemoaning their personal stuff, well, one thing is it keeps replaying in the body. It keeps um, building as far as the response to stress and the adrenaline and all that that I mentioned earlier. And it also just sets up an environment that people aren't going to want to be around. That's that's right. I like what you said about the pollution. Sure. You know, it, it pollutes your whole energy field. Your whole energy field, which is beyond the body, but it will keep looping things in the body. That's why I love emotional freedom technique. It helps to get things out of the energy field, out of the body and out of the energy field. Because sometimes, you know, if somebody's just bothered about something and they try to change their mind and they try, there's back to that trying again. And they're like, well, I wish I could turn this off. I'm trying to turn it off. I'm trying not to think about it. Well, sometimes people need a little help with that and getting it out of the energy field, using EFT, using the Bach flowers and things that I I use when I work with people. Those things really help a lot. Knowing that you're not alone, I think that is huge. I think... The good part about getting older for me is knowing, hey, you know what? No matter what I've ever thought or felt or done or not done or said or not said, 
I am not alone and none of us are and there's nothing that any of us have ever done that is so worse than any and you know things that other people have done yeah that's right so let's um let's talk a little bit about EFT so people know what that is that is the emotional freedom technique it is a wonderful technique for uh, like I said, clearing the energy field, tapping on pressure points, um, saying certain things. It's just like if you if you go to an acupuncturist, and there are a lot of people who go, oh, no, I'd never do that, and it's really quite wonderful. But a lot of people are afraid of the needles, and they don't feel like like needles. I think really needles, like getting shots and even blood taken, all that, I think that's barbaric. <laughs> we, we're not going to go there. <laughs> EFT or acupuncture is really quite gentle and quite exciting, I think. But EFT is not any needles. It's tapping on points, certain specific points, so that it can help the energy get out of the energy field and saying certain phrases that have to do with owning what it is that's going on that you want to change and... um, choosing the possibility for that to change and even imagining the possibility of that changing and just working with those two aspects of the tapping and the phrasing. It's really quite exciting, especially, I think, it's real exciting to try it on physical pain because that's where, I mean, it's so dramatic. It can be really hard to do it on something emotional and go, well, maybe I just talked myself into something different. Maybe <laughs> I just talked myself into changing my mind. But when you do it on something physical, like a big bruise or a fall or something, and then you suddenly feel as though it's something you did like four or five days ago in the first five minutes, that's dramatic. It and is. I, yeah, I, I use it. I use it um, <laughs> myself. And... You know, that's another thing I think we can put in the show notes is emotional freedom technique. Um, And maybe someday we may want to explore that even more in another podcast. Sure. Yeah, it's great. It's really, really good stuff. I have I I can't keep people in counseling anymore because they they between EFT, the Bach flowers and a lot of other things that we do in working together. I just don't keep people on and on and on and on. They feel better and they're ready to go on. I mean, it's just, it's really great stuff. I think we're living in such an exciting time. And I think the work you're doing with Blind Alive to help people get more awareness of, well, and of how to move and freedom to move and and opportunities to do that where, you know, we're equal in that experience and, um, I just think it's so important, and it's just very, very exciting. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. It it means, it means a lot to me, and just being able to move, and feel free to move, in a space, in a room with a closed door, without anybody watching or feeling vulnerable because I'm not doing it right. Um, it, it just. It feels so, so good to be able to let our body fill up the space because yeah. we, we contract. We do, and we often are waiting for permission, um, you know, or waiting for direction. You know, even I was talking to somebody the other day, if you're at a party and there are hors d'oeuvres, are you going to reach for those or are you going to wait for somebody to bring them to you? 
I'm going to wait for somebody to bring them to me. It's typical. And I, I would too. And it's like, I hear everybody crunching and nobody's thinking to say, oh, do you want some? <laughs> nobody's offering it to anybody else, but it's out there. So what do we feel we have access to? I mean, that that is really incredible. And we get a lot of words said to us and about us. And those all, I think those go into our bodies. And the more we have, we make choices to reframe them, the better. But and to deflect them when to hear to hear them, and think to myself, I I'm not going to take that in. I'm not taking that in, you know, gone. And a lot of people, just they don't think they're taking it in. They just think that they're accepting it and they can't get any better. And it's just the way that it is. I think a lot of those people are walking around with a lot of health problems and a lot of extra baggage that is showing maybe in pounds and in other physical things and in other emotional things and a lack of flexibility and all that partly because of feeling like I don't have any choice but to stuff this and you know how many of us are told where I'm gonna put you here and I'm gonna set you sit you here and what does she want? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, and, it's you big. know, coming out and um, do your doctors, I wonder, do your doctors know that what is happening with your body, they don't have permission unless you give it to them to talk to someone else about you? You know, uh, do they talk to you like you, or do they just decide they're going to do things to you and not bring you in on the decisions in the in the equation of it? I think all that is important in words, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I don't I don't let uh, doctors. I tell them <laughs> I get the information and I tell them, yeah, well, this is what I want, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, I have, I have a lot of knowledge about my body, and I, I do think it's our responsibility to learn about, about our bodies and to take care of it and to respect it and to talk about it in a nice way. You well, know? and again, it, it, is, it is a responsibility. It's a responsibility, mm -hmm. as Fritz Perls had said, the father of Gestalt therapy, and even more than than having anyone feel like, oh, it's another thing that's being put on us, I think it's a wonderful opportunity. It's a grand opportunity to learn about our bodies. I think our bodies, I mean, I think we have 50 trillion cells. That's the last I heard. But then I think <laughs> another number that somebody said the other day that was even higher. And I think each one, of, I think our whole body is, is like a huge work factory, but it has many 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 divisions of labor and each cell is even filled with divisions of labor there are so many activities going on within each cell even within each organ within every system our body is so busy and it's amazing all of what it does it's a it's so resilient and incredible with it's magnificent in all that it does i mean we don't have to think about oh let's see I, I'm gonna make sure I breathe mm -hmm. and I gotta work on getting that blood pumped throughout my whole body and well let me work on how I'm gonna digest my food <laughs> do, 
So, you know, there's this the whole gratitude piece. And I, I think it's probably a good place to, to, to end the conversation on is about gratitude. It's, it's so huge for, for us and our, and our well-being. You know, be grateful for all of those cells that do all of those jobs that we don't have to think about. Um, you know, it's, gratitude is, is a big creator of who we are also, I think. It is. It is. It's, it, and the more we are grateful, I think the more that we bring to us what it is we are knowing that we want to pay more attention to and what we are wanting. And I, I think it's, it, it really helps to magnify all the good that can come to us and that we, are, that we already have. Absolutely. I think we could have this conversation for a long, long time. <laughs> I do, too. And I, I, just, I just thought of something. You may want to move this to another section earlier, but when you asked me even more about the body and the words, I'm thinking when I mentioned that about digesting, how many times do people say, I can't stomach this? Oh. I have a gut feeling about... And, um, and they talk about legwork and um, putting their foot in their mouth and a lot of those phrases. So you may want to. Uh, yeah, and a pit. I, sometimes I'll, I mean, I've been guilty of saying I have a pit in my stomach, you know, which okay. is horrible. That's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> well, or a feeling in the pit of my stomach. That, that I, could, I don't think is so bad. No, that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Um, you just choose, choose your words. So, okay, we'll, we'll rearrange this segment a little bit. So let's, um, so Debbie, um, give us your contact information and where people can find you and sure. then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Well, feel free to find me at debbiehazelton.com and that's, uh, Debbie with an I E and Hazelton, H A Z E L T O N. Dot com. I have um, a contact form there, and I am on Twitter at Debbie Hazelton, and um, I have um, podcasts and radio shows and um, blog and all kinds of good things happening and more, more, more uh, in the works. So Good deal. So we can find out all about that on your, your website at DebbieHazelton.com, right? Yep, yep. Okay, great, Debbie. Thank you so much. All right, thank you, too. All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Fitness Speak. Today, it's all about hip flexors. So what are hip flexors? They are the group of muscles that are deep in your abdominal cavity. They're found in the groin area where your thigh or upper leg meets your pelvis. They are the muscles that are responsible for bringing your knee up to your chest and they help with walking and anything that brings your knee up in that motion towards your body, lifting the knee. These muscles are particularly prone to pain and tightness and shortening because we sit a lot. 
we are sitting more and more, and you've probably heard the saying now that uh, sitting is the new smoking. Sitting is very detrimental for our bodies if we do it for really long periods of time without stretching and getting up and moving around. What happens is those hip flexor muscles shorten because we're sitting all the time and they don't get stretched. So if you then get up quickly or all of a sudden you decide to just get up and go for a walk or you fall or you decide all of a sudden you're going to go for a run and you can get injured because that muscle is tight and contracted. And also we tend not to drink enough water and so the muscles aren't hydrated and so they can cause pain. When these muscles shorten, it can cause a misalignment at the pelvis and the hip joint, which then can contribute to arthritis and pain and posture problems. And I think as we get older, we tend to have a little bit more issues with with the hip flexors and we can avoid that. We can totally avoid it if we get up and stretch and move those muscles and keep the circulation going. We can avoid that pain and all that goes with it. So I'm going to tell you a couple of stretches that you can do for the hip flexors that you can do, you know, pretty much anywhere. Well, maybe not anywhere, but <laughs> you can do you can do the one in the bed or or on the floor and the other you can do standing up. A great hip flexor stretch is lie on your back bend your knees, pull your abdominals in so that the small of your back, that lower back curve, flattens out on the floor. So you tighten up your abdominal muscles and pull them in and do what's called a, a pelvic tilt, tilt so that your pubic bone goes towards the sky and those pelvic bones, you know, if you put your hands on your hips and you put your thumbs on the back, on your low back, and then you put your fingers in front. Your fingers are going to land on that, those curved pelvic bones right in the, in the front of your body. You want those bones to go down back towards the floor, so you tighten your abdominals and pull those bones towards the floor and let your pubic bone go towards the sky. So, that flattens out and prepares you for the stretch. So make sure you keep that pelvic tilt and then put the soles of your feet together. The bottoms of your feet go together and then let your knees fall open. You will feel that stretch right on the inside of your thighs in the groin area. Just breathe into that and breathe and hold it the longer you hold it, the better, and the more you breathe into that stretch, it'll 
loosen and stretch those muscles, making sure that your low back stays on the floor and your abdominal muscles stay tight. So that is a really good stretch to do. You can do it in the bed or on the floor. Another one is the classic runner's stretch. What you do is you're standing up, plant your feet on the ground, keep your knees soft, lean over to the floor, and put your plant your palms on the floor, and then stretch that right foot back, bending your left leg at a 90 degree angle so that the knee joint is right above the ankles. Don't let the knees go over the toes. Stretch that right leg back, stretch that leg, and then feel that stretch. You'll be able to adjust your body so that you feel that stretch in the very front of that right leg, right in front of the hip joint in the groin area. You will feel it. Hold it for as long as you can. Breathe into it. Maybe stretch a little bit more. And then bring that right foot back up to your left foot. And then take the left leg back. Straighten that leg out. Bend the right leg at a 90 degree angle and then let your hips drop to the floor so that you feel that stretch all along the front part of that left leg in the upper thigh and groin area. That's hip flexors and you can stretch them and it's important to do it often. It's also important that if you're sitting a lot, you need to get up at least every hour. Walk around, move around, drink your water, and feel good about yourself. Be healthy. Stretch your hip flexors. Hello, it's Lisa back to bring you feedback files. And we will jump right in with a question that was raised by the Fitness Speak segment Mel did last time on feet. Jim wrote to ask us about this. He said that he tried some of the stretching and moving his feet around, uh, stretching and flexing the toes, and he was getting some foot cramps. So he asked for suggestions, and we discussed this, and we have several. First of all, it's important to remember to keep hydrated. In other words, to drink enough water. Other liquids do not help and in some cases will even dehydrate the body. So you need to make sure that you're getting plenty of water and that may help your problem. You also want to have plenty of foods that are rich in magnesium and potassium. And the most common of those that people think about are dates, and bananas. And these are good, but they are also fruits with high sugar content. And when I did a little more research, 
I found that there was really an entire healthy smorgasbord of foods that were rich in these two minerals. And they include a lot of the green leafy vegetables and nuts. So if you want specifics, you can certainly search for potassium-rich foods or magnesium-rich foods, but really just eating a healthy diet will ensure that you have lots of these. You might find that you would benefit from massage or chiropractic if this is an ongoing issue. Of course, magnesium and potassium supplements are sold, but you'll want to check with your doctor before taking these. For these supplements in particular, it is very important to check with your doctor because these can have some effect on your heart. And so you want to make sure that everything is balanced and you're not getting too much of a good thing. But the main things to try first are to make sure that you're hydrated, and that you're eating a healthy diet. It sounds basic, but sometimes basic is what works. And also, remember to treat your toes and your feet gently. If you haven't done much with them, if you've ignored them, and then you start very aggressively massaging or stretching, you could be overdoing just a bit. So just some things to keep in mind as you care for your feet. We also got a message from Susan, and Susan was asking about our weight workouts. And she was a little confused, and she said that the workouts suggest that you have weights, and for the most part, you're using the weights. But she wanted to know why weights weren't used for every exercise. Now, you certainly can hold the weights when you're doing nearly any exercise for added resistance, but the reason that they are not used specifically in some exercises, uh, lunges and squats come to mind in particular, the reason that you are not using weights is because you really don't need to. You are using your own body's weight and you are strengthening the muscles in your legs, in the various parts of your legs. And so you are using your own body weight as weight. In general, hand weights are used when you're strengthening your arms, your shoulders, things of that nature. But for our purposes, when you're strengthening your lower body and your core, Oftentimes, your body weight is enough to do the job nicely. Thank you so much for sending in your feedback. We love your questions. We love your comments. They are very much appreciated. It helps us know if we are providing the kind of content you would like and where you would like us to concentrate more extensively. Please do feel free to contact us. You can write to support at blindalive.com. Of course, you can check out our website for the Sculpting with Weights workouts that were just mentioned. 
Also, you can view the podcast show notes there. We have lots of ways that you can contact us. In general, we give Twitter information here, which is Blind Alive, but we are also on Facebook and on LinkedIn and on YouTube. We are in many places, and we'd love to have you contact us. Thanks very much for listening, and we hope you will join us for the next podcast.